Welcome to Ticket to Gamehenge, the podcast that discusses the science behind how to get your friends and family to love our favorite band, Fish, as well as other fish-related topics from the community. You can grab a free chapter of the book at TicketToGameHenge.com. My name is Adam, and joining me as always is my good buddy, Dr. K. All right, here we go. Uh, the last time we spoke, welcome to Ticket to Game Hedge. The last time we spoke, you said, the next time we talk, it's only going to be eight days until tour. And then you went and had to have a life and take a week off. Congratulations. <laughs> Good for you. So instead of only having eight days left until tour, one more day. Um, yeah, it's, it's upon us. It's finally here. The hype is right. Um, I like that saying. I've never said it before. The hype is right. There's a, there's nice. a lot. When I look at all the message boards, I see I see a few different types of types of posts. Um, I see, and maybe I shouldn't laugh at this, but I in turn I feel bad because I know the stress that goes along with it. One of the types of posts that I'm seeing a lot of is the panic post. Holy shit, I don't have my tickets. Post like, <laughs> have you seen a lot of that? Hey, you know I don't have my tickets for Atlantic City or whatever. I'm sure uh, you know trust the process. Hopefully that will come together for people. Second post that I've seen a lot of is um, looking at meetups in different cities and people looking at getting together before and after show and starting the planning of it all. And that's really, really exciting when that all comes together. Um, there are uh, uh, posts about beware of, you know, certain types of venues in terms of narcs in the lot and undercover and all that kind of stuff. <laughs> I've seen a lot of that. But the one that I want to talk about more than anything, which I think is uh, uh, on everybody's mind who cares at all about the band, the tour opener. What is the tour opener going to be for weeks? Now, this question got posed when, when the tour was announced that it was on months ago, um, and it's been going around for quite a while. There is one overriding song that uh, seems to be the overwhelming favorite, but I think, nah, it's not going to be. And that's Down With Disease. I think it's the obvious choice just based on the title. Yes. But you've made a bold prediction. Maybe not so bold. I have some other songs here, too, that I think could be good openers for a few reasons. But what's your bold opener? What do you think is going to be happening? Tweezer, let's stick the steak right in the heart, baby. Mm -hmm. Let's just go for it. Open up the floodgates. Let's get every, you know, like when, and, and it's funny. This is how I came to this conclusion, because there's no rhyme or reason you know so we're, we're pretty much all going on opinion and emotion on this one but it was um when trey played wilson at the very first time he played uh you know the show back he had like his opener plan and he was like forget it man let's just go for it and i think that that sentiment is going to be very much okay. um what's going to happen here yeah well we've we've talked about in uh uh a previous episode, I think it was an episode when we were talking about Trey's guitar and what's that led to what's in a set list. And he said in that interview from a podcast, which I can't remember, um, that when they're walking out on stage, they don't know what they're going to play. Like they, 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 they really don't know. Now, I don't know if that would be the case in this case, given the, the situation. So I have, I have, I have my prediction and then I'm going to look some other songs that I think could also be. So my bold prediction in a similar vein, and I know this song is typically reserved for a mid-first set, maybe end of first set, and that's, yeah, it might be a real obvious choice in a few reasons, yeah. but I think I'm imagining the build-up to the boy part and what that would be like to open up a tour after being off for a year and a half and 
the tension that would build from that. I just think that would be pretty amazing. A bit cliche, perhaps, given what we know, but I don't think it's going to be either. I'm just hoping for one of those two. Um, some other songs that I put on, then I think this could really be a good opener, is Free. Good what do you point. mean about that? Yeah. <laughs> Dude, I think any song. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I think you, you, had, you had me at the first note, no matter what. Yeah, I think, uh, I think Free's got a good shot. Um, I put down Karini only because I love it, but I don't think it's likely. I, I, uh, we might hear it first night, but, but I don't think it's likely. Uh, Chalk Dust could be. But really where I'm leaning towards, what I think is more likely is going to be a blaze on or everything's right. Is what I think it's going to end up being, something like that. Again, you can't, I can't disagree with any of them. I think it would be, because we chatted, we had a little group chat going there for a bit. I think it would be really gutsy if they open with a brand new song. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. or something slower like what so let's look at let's look at the other hiatuses that have happened mm -hmm. from 1.0 to 2.0 I, I can't i know that they played fluffhead at the start of 3.0 in 2009 but i don't remember what the opener was in 2002 i'm gonna look it up i think it was new year's it was new year's I, eve right i should know this yeah, you should. We both should. Shame on us. Yeah, shame on us. Fluffhead for sure, 2009, right? Which, I mean... Oh, I, it was Piper. Piper? First song? Piper, yeah. It was a Piper opener. 16 minutes and 32 seconds from December 31st, 2002. Right, so I mean... Then into Gaiuti, I mean. Right, okay. So let's okay. So let's talk about Piper. So Piper is an... an it's, it's Piper. It's awesome. It doesn't... It doesn't, it doesn't, doesn't start, doesn't start with a smash, man. Yeah. You know, well, it, it starts I, quiet. The fact that, the fact that this is such a good discussion point is one of the reasons that the band is so great that it's not that, you know, what's the song Willie Nelson opens every single show with? Is it on the road again? Or, 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 but you know, the fact that that, that is a big part of this, that it can be this, for that reason and that for this reason and in the end it, it might be something that has nothing to do with anything it's just what they're feeling and that's even great you know i think uh whatever it is i don't know they're pretty good about doing stuff that there's a bit of a hidden meaning and people will, will uh, read into i think we are going to hear some new music in the first couple of shows for sure but i don't think it'll be an opener i think it's bold but now do you think i hope so i hope so mm -hmm. uh there's been probably a ton of stuff written now do you think that there's stuff to to read into or do you think that people just like to read into stuff well the fact that they came back in 3.0 and opened with fluffhead after that famous song of, or, or story of mike saying no yeah. you know they pay attention right they so i don't know i don't know it's, you know what's funny it's interesting you bring that up because Yes, they pay attention, and yet they're completely oblivious at the same time. It's actually pretty amazing. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Oh, yeah. I mean, the fish world has taken on a life of its own, completely independent of those four that they're unaware of. Absolutely. It's, uh, yeah, either way, I'm, I'm going to be parked right here watching it. I'm really, really excited for it. I got to figure out. So it says 7 o'clock showtime in Arkansas, which is 8 o'clock our local time. So it's going to be closer to about 8.30, 8.40 if I had yeah. to. Which is yeah. which is which is perfect. That's perfect time. So, are you are you going to be watching it live, or you have to watch it on delay? Nope. 
Live, live it is. And what about Friday night? Live. Mm-hmm. Live. Yeah, me too. Ideally. Well, we're going to get together Saturday, so we should be able to watch the first. I don't know how much of the first show I'm going to get through. It's late, man. Like, I wake up yeah. early. Um, but uh, definitely have the first. I should be I should be all caught up by, by Saturday when we get together. Yeah, that's good. That's good. And then, uh, yeah, I'll have a really good idea of what to predict. I think I might, for Saturday night, after the first couple shows, write out a nice little set list prediction based on what we've seen um there there are a couple of setless games that are floating around online if you really want to get into it but i i find that to be like fantasy after one or two shows if i don't do well i'm like nah forget it i'm not gonna bother could be kind of fun but uh i don't know man i just don't have the interest i i uh, i appreciate trey as a storyteller so i i i know that if i show up and i listen i'm gonna be obviously always pleasantly surprised um you know, and I mean, that's why we keep showing up. Yeah. Yeah. You, you know, in a way, you don't know what type of show it's going to be. You don't know what the jams are going to sound like. You don't know if they're even going to be feeling the jams, man. That's right. I mean, they, they've, you know, if you've been following them on social media, they've been posting quite a few things from inside of the venue that they're playing at. Um, Mike, in particular, has been posting quite a, a bit. Um, <laughs> yeah it's just great you see a little little snapshot of fishman tuning up his drums and he's wearing a zappa mask it's it's awesome uh i like you know just even those little snippets of that robotic camera that, that was on that rail that can go across australian, the australian? yeah for somebody that's going to be doing the couch tour you know to see that they've you know they're investing in all elements of the show it's really really exciting so um yeah man a lot of hype really good and you watch the open will be just something completely random like mound or <laughs> you know um, would be nice. what's that mound would be really nice it would all be really nice um did you see that they dropped another live bait i think it's out to, oh, today is it out today or let's see Let I think open today or out. tomorrow live bait 17 what's interesting about it i think there's oh it's up right now yeah i think there's like 10 tracks on it with the exception yeah. of the first track the venues or cities follow the order of the tour that's about to start yeah if you look you got alabama in there and if you keep going through you'll see atlanta atlantic city and, and hershey in the same order like it's all nice. flows right through to dicks at the end nice that's awesome yeah it's a good little mix how do you feel about the live beats do you like do you go back and listen to them because they're because they're disconnected from shows right they're they're, they're stacked set lists basically is what they are yeah, so I mean, yes, I do listen to them. Uh, it's not my preference, though. Yeah. Right. Like if it's if it's something that like really catches my ear, I'll go back and listen to that song when I have that time. But I would rather be to I would rather be told a story. Mm -hmm. You know, like this is one of those things. I think Rochelle put it the best. She's like, I don't. She's like, I don't like it when we can't start and finish a whole set. Yeah. Yeah, I agree. Like, like it's just it's so well it's so well thought out it's so well told you know it's uh so authentic and natural and it flows yeah, right like it's yeah it's such a wonderful narrative that they weave together everything feels always so well paced and 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 the composition of it really just works well you know you can tell he's a he's a composer yeah 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 fair enough so okay but yeah i think i might check that out i mean there's some there's there's some tracks in there i don't know that well and some 
pretty lengthy jams from the looks of it. So um, I will be oh, listening to that. Awesome, man. Like the, you know, going back and listening to when they did like the, the record releases for the um, Ruby Waves. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and Waves. And Waves. Yes. Yes. Thank you. And, you know, like I listened to, I didn't, wasn't overly hype. Everyone lost their mind with the Ruby Waves. And I wasn't overly hyped about it when I first heard it. I'm like, well, it's good. But it wasn't like, how everyone was talking about it and when i heard it this time i was like well, this is really good man i must have just not been in the right place the first time i heard yeah 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 for sure so it's interesting i mean that that's uh yeah that'll come and and you wonder too what what surprises we have like if there's going to be a big uh ruby waves type jam or if there's going to be you're really cutting out there man how's your internet you okay over there yeah yeah you're like max headroom remember max headroom I do that weird thing. Like, what? Yeah. I don't even know what Max Headroom was all about or what the point of Max Headroom was, but I remember it being a thing in the 80s that was on TV and like popular for whatever reason. Um, was it a movie or a show? Um, I'd say my internet connection is unstable. I don't know. Lo I might look it up while we're talking here. Max Headroom. I forget. You're so not cutting out to me. Everything seems good on my end. So I don't okay. know. I just had a little thing that flashed up that said my internet was unstable. Max Headroom is a British fictional artificial intelligence character known for his wit, stuttering, and electronically altered voice. He was introduced in early 1985. The character was created by George Stone, Annabelle Jankel, and Rocky Morton. Um, yeah, it was his, its own thing. First appearance, Max Headroom, 20 minutes into the future. Hmm, whatever. Yeah, who cares? That's like a little nugget of history. Um, I want to I want to come back to something. So you said that, and I agree with you. You like to watch the narrative. You like to watch the whole story and see it and and see it unfold. Uh, I don't know if you caught this, and I haven't sat down to watch it. I kind of breezed through it the other day. Um, the unreleased footage from '91. I Did started you that. I started. Yeah, so it's like three hours and forty minutes of what was originally intended to be a Game Henge CD-ROM. Um, there was going to be like a game or like a thing that you would navigate through uh <laughs> and do all this stuff so there was some behind the scenes footage about what that was going to be and it opens up with them kind of understanding the concept of the animation and all of that stuff and how excited Trey is and how into the idea he was and it was really really neat to see and how young they are and um all the stuff that's going on but then as you kind of go through it there's a lot of shorter clips mm -hmm. of <laughs> something going on upstairs shorter clips of different songs and it and it would cut like i was kind of skipping through and then listening to a song and then boom it's transferring into something else did you watch much of that or have you i've started i need to go back and uh i need to go back and and watch it but uh yeah i started and i was like okay this is a time commitment here yeah yeah, so maybe depending on where we go Saturday night and how late we stay up, maybe we can get in something like that and see what that's all about. Yeah, it depends It depends what time you come at, right? Because it'll probably be a before. Because if they start playing at 8 o'clock, uh, they're in Atlanta, right? So if they start playing at 8. 8.30, 8.45. We're probably going to be up to like 11 midnight. Oh, my God. So past my bedtime. Past my curfew, too. I'm going to get grounded. That's not good. That's not good. Anyway. Bachelor life, buddy. Bachelor life, man. We got nobody to tell us better. That's right. There it is. Um, <clears throat> there was something we were going to talk about a couple of weeks ago last time that we didn't get to, that I'm going to come back to. Right. It was uh, 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 a good post about fav favorite ridiculous lyrics. 
Do you remember that? We were going to talk about that. I think this is when you brought up the solar garlic starts to rot line, if I'm not mistaken. So without really getting into these, what are, what are some of our favorite ridiculous lyrics? Um, what's first that comes to your mind? So I'm always, I'm always, what comes to my mind is confusion. Uh-huh. There's lyrics that people really relate to that I'm like, I don't get it. Like what? Like take care of your shoes. Whatever you do, take care of your shoes. Yeah. Yeah. Like, am I missing something? No, <laughs> I don't think you are in that song. Oh. Haley's comment is, uh, um, yeah. No, so no, like, that's Cavern. That's Cavern. Cavern. Yeah. Okay. So what I what I was what I was thinking about though was I was thinking about how people's favorite lyrics are very musical and it's not necessarily just the words that are being pronounced yeah it is the way that those words fit into the song and how it all sounds together like Haley's comment or right? the one that just came to my mind as you were um talking was the thesis that you're writing is a load of shit exactly. but I finally finished it <laughs> right you would never say that line that way but the way it fits yeah because there's people you know there's artists that i know that will they will write the poetry first and then they'll put music to how the cadence you know the cadence of the words mm -hmm. reflects the melody that's written around it yeah i think um there's uh i wanted to mention to you i was going to send you a screenshot of it and i'm pretty sure this is where i was listening to this exercise but i was listening to a two-part interview with mike gordon from early 2019 from the undermine podcast mm -hmm. formerly under the scales with tom marshall and the first you would love the first 20 to 25 minutes of the interview that's two one-hour parts it's all good but they get into everything he's done his solo projects his film work his everything but the first 20 to 25 minutes is largely about the bass and songwriting and fish and a little bit about casbot box because uh, they had just come off of that in early 2019. And um, and he's talking about song songwriting and songwriting exercises and things that they did for Cosbot Box and how they came together quickly. And they even played a bit of a recording of some early stuff. But it also reminds me of the way that Dave Matthews would write songs. The song gets finished first and they sort of scat and build in sounds and and and, and get cadence and then slide in words to fit that. Yep. Right. Yeah, it seems to be a pretty good way to write. I mean, a lot of people seem to do it that way. Yeah, I think. I mean, I think it, it depends on on you, but it's it's a formula that that works, right? So, like, it's 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 funny because you you know it's not just the words, and I don't think people, most people consider the words in the context of the song. Right. Okay. Um, so some of these so, that are so, in here. Um, so, weird, so weird lyrics. I don't know, man. Fluffhead's pretty good, you know. <laughs> But I sure got some powerful pills. Oh yeah. <laughs> but is there meaning to that? Like looking for some pills. I ain't got that, but I have this. Like, what's the is there a meaning there or is that ridiculous? I think it's ridiculous. Okay. Because there's no context. Like you know what they wrote the song about, so that gives you context. But is the song really about that, or is it just about some dude that's like messed up traveling around? Yeah. Okay. And then there's like no mention to what happens to Fluffhead. Right. After, after he got the pills, then what happens? He goes on, we know that he travels, right? Mm -hmm. We go on to Fluffhead's travels and that's it. 
Okay. I'm thinking about what, what who wrote the song, what the song was about from the guy who wrote it. It was there was an angry mob of joggers. The joggers line. Uh-huh. Uh, how does it go? There was an angry line of joggers trying it up to knock her down. I'm like thinking joggers knocking her down. <laughs> well, a lot of well, so do you know how a lot of the lyrics were created? Do you, do you know about the salamander book? No. You don't know about the Salamander book or the Salamander Tales or the Salamander? Okay, so there's, I'm going to get this wrong. And this was actually part of uh, a few different interviews that I listened to. But um, so Tom Marshall and uh, a Scott, I forget his name, Scott Herman. Wait, if I look it up. Anyway, they worked together at IBM. And they would email a lot. They became really, really good buddies. A lot of the emails were, hey, how's lunch? But some of the emails were, what became songs and their poems and they would they started to uh cultivate and curate these emails and take out what was poetry and what was shit and and put it into book and basically the guys and fish would have that and when they're in the studio or on the road writing songs doing songs they would write the songs and then go and reference what was in the salamander tales to then pull out and bring in so then fast forward to then tom marshall and scott are like you know seeing their emails <laughs> and cavern is one of those uh songs they um you know uh, one of them was leaving the company the time is near it's it's shorter than it's later than you think like they're about to leave they went back and forth and that became the lyrics of cavern Cool. That's awesome. So, so and there are a few different books. There are the Salamander Tales. The second one, if I'm 99% sure, is Walls of the Cave, which had a lot of the 2.0 songs. Yeah. And there's a new book that now is called Sigma Oasis, There's a, there's which was like going now. So, um, yeah. So it, it's, a, and I guess Trey just sort of leaves through and pulls, pulls stuff out of it. And, um, yeah, and some of it's written together, like they have the, you know, the songwriting trips, but they have this resource book. So sort of a neat idea. Um, what are some of, you're going to read some examples before I interrupted you seven times. Yeah, yeah. It's some obvious ones. Um, <laughs> Smegma, dog, Smegma Dog, Matagram, Fish Market Stew. Uh, Simbop and Beepaphone, Skyballs and Sack Scraper. You hear it, right? And you're like, oh yeah, that part's so awesome, man. Yeah uh here's an obvious one maybe black bloom blah bloom blah bloom <laughs> this isn't who it would be if it wasn't who it is that's a great line yeah uh what else we got here reba reba flush of flesh farm leftover thunder in a circle down the pipes down the pipes uh what else what's your hand i sing i sing this one all the time because we eat a lot of mango your hands and feet are mangoes you're going to be a genius anyway. Every time I sing that, like, like I get the look, like, and, and those are the things that I, I don't uh, do a good job of advocating for fish. I sing the silly stuff more than anything else. Oh, I get a text message. I, I'll get a text message. And I'll say the mango song question mark. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. I'm like, and then I'm, the reply is that song rocks. And she's like, no, it doesn't. I'm like, I'll show you tonight. <laughs> yeah. And then, then the next one is like, yeah, you're right. That song does rock. Yeah. Um, we haven't talked about the monumental text that you got when you got the text when Rochelle was asking you for the login for the Fish app, which I, maybe incorrectly I had assumed this whole time she was, she, was, she was listening to, but evidently not. 
she was yeah. like voluntarily picking fish through Spotify or through the Sirius think, Radio or something? She, I think she she logged in once before, but now it was like uh, now it was like a regular thing. Like now it uh, now I think we're at the point now where fish is more of her listening than electronic music. Oh wow, interesting. Um, she no. listen, she's listening to full shows. Like she'll go and shows, yeah. And for the same reason, right? Like for her, because um, the sets are longer. Because with 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 dance music, you can go forever. Mm. It's not required to to play the instruments. So her sets are much longer. So she's like, well, if I only have like an hour, I'll listen to Fish. Versus like the set's going to take me two hours to go through. Mm. So, but it's the same thing, right? Like the the better the better DJs are 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 good storytellers. Um, what else here? Tipsy Fuddle, Boozy Groggy, Elevator Prime did editor. Alborn Elf Child, Roadhog Mountain, Fortune Hunter Man beheaded her. <laughs> Fat Bulk Expanse Mass Lump Lock Clod. It's like exactly. So what happens to the fluff, man? Because we don't know from that. Yeah, yeah. Uh Washu Fuzi is in there. Um grabbing my shoe mouth. <laughs> Like, what is that? Grab in my shoe mouth. And it's funny because as soon as I read it, I hear, like, I hear it. Um, UB40. Uh, oh, man, there's so many. A little less salt in the gravy tonight. What's that from? I don't know. A little less salt in the gravy tonight. <laughs> Jimmy? Yeah, Dad. <laughs> Uh, your cat died. That's so good. Yeah, another. But again, another one of those things that we love and people that love the band love, but outsiders that might that we might try to bring in hear that and just I think there's very few people that hear those lyrics and get strangely more curious and want to get into it. I think that alienates a lot of perspectives. So, this is, uh, so it doesn't. Oh. I'm, I'm glad that you brought it up. So as it stands right now with the band, we have a, we have a piano slash keyboard player. Mm -hmm. And um, I, how did I send it to him? I sent him some live stuff for Fish to listen to. Oh, I know how, because we're hacking our way through David Bowie. Like it's painful. Really? It's painful for us to even put together the intro. Like we're not even there yet in terms of like speed. You know, I like, definitely got to grab it. Like that's where that grabs... I mean, you got to nail that. Right. Otherwise, so, it's pointless. Yeah. Right. So he's like, oh, he's like, I didn't know, you know, that we were playing this song. So I sent him a live version. I sent him the one from Clifford Ball. That's right. like Ball on YouTube. Text back. What the hell? This is insane. Yeah. <laughs> you know? And like, he's pretty much in. It's not for the words. You could care less about the words. Like he plays the piano, right? And then I sent him bathtub gin, and he's yeah. like, "We gotta learn how to play this song, man." Wow. And what are and what are his musical tastes? Like, what does he? What does he know? And what is he like? Everything. So okay. he grew up. He's from a. He's from a small town in uh, in like the town that's as close to Manitoba in Ontario as you can get. Like he's like, from way up there. Like Rainy River. Something like that. Hmm. Okay. Something like that. So he. Um, he listens to, or he listened to a lot of like death metal growing up. Like he listened like to Cannibal Corpse and uh, like Cradle of Filth and stuff like that. 
Cradle now, of filth. <laughs> Cradle of filth. <laughs> you, you're only playing one kind of music. <laughs> Your name is Cradle of filth. Cannibal corpse. <laughs> and he grew up listening to that stuff, and now he listens to everything. He just listens. He just likes music. I'm like, perfect. I got a band for you. It's always interesting the way my brain works when it comes to musicians and, and genres. And I'm always fascinated by those that can be into metal or play metal and then yeah. transition to playing something that's not. Go from playing the heavy stuff. Yeah. I think of uh, Dallas Green from Alexis on Fire. Like yeah, yeah. solo stuff versus Alexis on Fire is so, so opposite. Um, there's... Um, names are escaping me, but I know there's some artists that have gotten away from thrashing metal and more like acoustic rock and 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 different things. I think that's uh, it's interesting that those that can do that. See, I can't, I I couldn't picture it any other way, mm. right? Like I I would want to play, I want to play everything, right? Right? Like when 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 we're learning, when we're getting together, like whatever anybody says to play, I'm like, awesome, let's do it. Like I'm just excited to play music. Yeah, I guess coming back to it, if you love music and you love playing, it doesn't matter. It's going to be fun if you can pull it off and get into that with other people. I would, I would feel, I would feel limited if I was only playing like heavy metal music. Like, there's only so many, you know. And I, again, I think this is why this is a genre that arguably has gone stale because there's only so much. It was a genre built on like evil and gross and fast. Yeah. Right? And there's only so many different ways you can manipulate the same set of notes. Mm -hmm. You know, it's the same reason why like blues rock still sounds like Led Zeppelin and there's no awesome rock and roll bands. Right. There's right. only so much you can do. Mm -hmm. Right. Mm -hmm. You need somebody to inject the originality into that, you know, into that, into that genre where you take somebody like Fish, like literally they made up the term jam band to describe what Fish was doing. Yeah. Right, like they made that term up. Like, cause before that, there was nothing like that. Right. Hmm. Hmm. It's a good thing about that. Yeah. That's fucked up, man. Like that's fucked up, that's awesome. That's how awesome this band is, is they created a genre of music. Mm -hmm. That Yeah, they can really only be described. And even within that genre of jam bands, you look at string cheese and Humphreys McGee and all these other jams, they, there's some overlap, but they all sound different. They have their unique thing go, going on. They see to me, they sound, it's interesting. I think, cause I like them all, they're fantastic. So don't, don't hear that. But when you're like, when you're classifying them together, there's a reason why people, I think myopically listen to fish. I think it's, it's, the, it's the type two jam and the way that the songs are, are, are written, because a lot of the members of those bands aren't necessarily, at least the ones that I've heard, they're not composers in the sense of how Trey composes music. Yeah. Right, so now you have a guy who composes music, has created a whole new genre of music, and they do this type of jamming where it's anything goes really at any time. Mm -hmm. Like, good luck, man. Like, that's only gonna come around never again yeah and here we are on the uh on the precipice of a whole new era the four the 4.0 era which <laughs> the debate is still happening which is kind of fun uh what do you think i know you're looking for an answer right now no i'm looking for a cover i'm looking for a conversation i have my answer and i'm stubborn because I'm, I'm eastern european so i'm going to stick to it even if i'm dead wrong yeah i think 
I think we will definitely know if it's a whole new era or more of the 3.0 within a couple of weeks. I think we'll have a good sense of it. it I think I'm, I'm, I'm looking to see if it feels different. Um, if there is more banter uh, than there was before, if the stage presence is a little bit different, if anything's structured differently, I don't think it's going to be. So I'm really looking for something that's gonna make me feel like it's really different from what it was before. If it doesn't feel that way, then I'm thinking it's 3.0. Okay, respect. That's a great. But answer. but I but I could almost see them like like the dropping stuff in or the odd post or a comment from the band that just just fucks with us and keeps this thing going because it doesn't matter. It doesn't. It doesn't. It's fun to talk about. So I think they were already when I go back and listen to something like you know 2011, and even the Clifford Ball. Oh, sorry, not the Clifford Ball. Even the Baker's Dozen from 2017. The shows that they played in 2020 were already sounding much different, mm. like noticeably different. Like they, the sound changed through the 90s, yep. but like 99 doesn't sound overly different in terms of tone and effect than like 93 or 94. But mm. if you listen to 2011 and then you listen to 2020, it's much different sounding yep. for a lot of different reasons. So I think, I think we were already kind of there. The yep. fact that there is a hiatus and there's tremendous, the world is not the same. The mm. world is not the same, you know, and, and, and it's debatable. And I think this is a conversation for another day when, when, when people's emotions calm down, I don't know if we're ever going to get back to life the way that it was. Mm. So I don't know. I think, this, I think the circumstances are different. I think they are different enough. I think you have to call it a different era. So I'm, that's, that's just my two cents. Well, it's been about 50, what are we talking about 17 months since the last show not quite a year and a half yeah. uh the break between one and two was an official i and i think what i come back to is the official announcement that we're taking time away I get it. that didn't happen this time they were forced into it because of the circumstance so that makes me go mm, okay they they still want to be together and they're finding ways to get together and play some things here and there um yeah i mean hey We'll it's see. Our, that's why it's why the band's great, man. Because I think both positions are valid. Like I, I hear what you're saying. I'm like, that makes a lot of sense. Yeah. That yeah. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. All all exciting, great things to talk about. Many, many questions, hopefully, that will be answered in the next little while. But either way, we got new music upon us tomorrow night, buddy. Couple we'll hours, be- man. I feel like it's Christmas. Like the email that I wrote for today, I'm like, it's our for tomorrow is like it's Christmas time. Yeah, yeah. Christmas in July. Open up our, let's open up our package. Awesome. All right, man. Well, we will definitely be in touch. Uh, enjoy the tour, everybody. Be safe out there if you're going out. And um, yeah, we'll talk to you guys next week. I'm sure we'll have a lot of music to discuss. Shit to discuss. See you, buddy. All right, buddy. Have a good one. You've been listening to Ticket to Gamehenge. In addition to wherever you find your podcasts, you can find us on Instagram, YouTube, and of course, TicketToGameHenge.com, where you can grab a free chapter of the book how to get your friends into fish. Make sure you subscribe to stay up to date on the latest episodes. Thanks again for listening, and until next time, keep sharing in the groove.